Welcome to the GHG Cast, a window into the world of a Canadian company with a big idea to become the global reference for greenhouse gas emissions in the interest of reducing them. I'm Alexander Milas, and for this quick cast, we virtually sat down with Klaus Zener, who's in a central position to tell us all about how exciting and innovative the field has become. He manages the Sentinel-5P mission at the European Space Agency, and he joins us from Frescati today. Hello, Klaus. Welcome to the program. Hello, Alex. Nice to talk to you. It's a pleasure to have you on. So I guess before we get anywhere else, tell us a bit about your role at the European Space Agency. Uh, I'm uh, the mission manager for the Sentinel-5 uh, precursor uh, satellite. So this, uh, just a few words about uh, what is the Sentinel-5 precursor satellite. It's a satellite that uh, was launched during October 2017. It's the first so-called atmospheric uh, Sentinel satellite that uh, supports uh, the Copernicus programs and specifically for atmospheric applications. So it is the first atmospheric Sentinel mission in space. And uh, it includes uh, activities providing services to users in the fields of air quality, ozone, and climate monitoring. As a mission manager, I'm responsible for this satellite mission, uh, which includes uh, satellite operations in space, the monitoring of the satellite health, the data acquisition, data processing, and also, which is the most important part, dissemination of data to the users. And I have several teams working within ESA on these different aspects. It sounds like incredibly pioneering work, but if I could back up just a little bit, uh, from a broad perspective, why monitor emissions from space? What, what's the advantage there? The big advantage uh, using space uh, in order to look back on what is happening on Earth, we call this uh, Earth observation, is uh, that uh, you uh, get uh, with a satellite uh, global coverage. For example, on Sentinel-5B, you scan more or less or you measure over the Earth you covered all the territory of all Earth within one day. So you have global coverage within one day, uh, and you measure always with uh, the same instrument. On the Sentinel-5 P satellite, you have one instrument. It's called uh, TROPOMI. TROPOMI stands for Tropospheric Monitoring Instrument. And uh, you can immediately intercompare measurement within the, the same day that are happening on, for example, on air quality or on air pollution. It sounds like a time of incredible innovation in emissions monitoring. So how does GHGSAT fit into the bigger emissions monitoring picture? What, what does it bring to the table? What we get, for example, with uh, Sentinel-5B, we get a spatial resolution of about 5.5 <clears throat> times 3.5 kilometers, which is for this kind of uh, instrument in space and compared to previous mission, it's, it's really a very good or high spatial resolution. So it's really uh, a spatial resolution that provides information that is useful for people working on air quality monitoring. So... Tell us, what does a third-party mission mean? What's that term? Third-party missions are missions uh, for which ESA has an agreement uh, with uh, the uh, people, with uh, the institutes uh, or the commercial companies uh, that are running uh, these uh, missions to 
disseminate their data also, especially in Europe. So we have agreements, for example, with Korea, with uh, Chinese institutes or with uh, US institutes, but also now with uh, GSAT to provide uh, their data or the data from their missions also to the European uh, community. And this is really a way for us from either side to better serve uh, the scientific uh, community in Europe and for the data provider, like in this case, GHGSAT, to have a different uh, channel uh, for further data distribution and dissemination of the data. So, so, so it sounds like the, the advantages are, are pretty self-evident and 5% of data is going to be shared with the researchers as well. Can, can, can you tell us a little bit about that? Uh, for this, uh, we have uh, together with uh, GHGSAT and also in cooperation with uh, the Canadian uh, Space Agency, we have a so-called ESA announcement of opportunity. So what does this mean, announcement of opportunity? This uh, means very simple, in simple terms, that scientists can go to a dedicated ESA webpage. They can uh, apply via this webpage within the announcement of opportunity call for GHGSAT data to get 5% of the GHGSAT data for scientific usage. This has the advantage that GHGSAT will get feedback on their data usage. Uh, this is um, uh, one. Uh, uh, this is uh, one advantage. Another one is also that uh, the scientists uh, will use GHGSAT data, not only uh, uh, commercial users like oil and uh, gas industry, and they will also uh, get more um, confidence in the data. So this is on the long term. I think this is uh, a key opportunity uh, to help. Uh, GHGSAT for future uh, development. Here it's more on science, but when you improve the data based on scientific feedback, you will also be able to improve commercial services on the long term. Well, it's certainly an exciting time. I mean, so, so tell us, what do you have coming up in the next year or two? And, and how do you see GHGSAT and other new space companies contributing to those goals? You are absolutely right. Uh, we are in exciting times. Uh, we have, uh, from ESA side, we have launched uh, uh, seven uh, satellite missions in the context of Copernicus. Many Earth uh, uh, observation satellite uh, data are now provided uh, in operational way to the user community. The data are available uh, completely for free. And we are working now on Sentinel-5P first on improving the products uh, that we are providing now. Methane is one example. Another example is ozone. But uh, for example, um, there's also sulfur dioxide. We have a very exciting uh, new results uh, on uh, sulfur dioxide. We still have to uh, implement uh, these uh, scientific uh, results into the operational system. This will uh, take some time. But uh, we are quite confident that with uh, this new uh, algorithm that came up just uh, two, three months ago, we might be able to measure the emissions from ships for the first time from space. But this is just one uh, example. I could uh, continue this for nearly all, uh, for each single trace gas that uh, we are providing from Sentinel-5P. Based on the instrument stability, the, the high um, accuracy, we can really improve 
further the product. So this is one item. Another item is we are working on the development of new gaze uh, trace gas uh, data. For example, we have still not we are still not pr providing water vapor information. We have these measurements. Water vapor is the most important natural greenhouse very important uh, for climate monitoring. And there are other trace gases that are, for example, responsible for the ozone destruction, like chlorine dioxide or bromine dioxide. So we are working on the, we are working on the development of new, uh, of nine new uh, trace gas products. So there, there are many, many things uh, are going on just on improving the basic services uh, to the user community. Then we are also working on developing a new um, uh, services and especially here uh, GHGSAT, a mission like GHGSAT on the service provision can help a lot. But there are two ways. One is on validation of the first, and here we are, it's really important that we are working together. We have this experience since uh, a long time uh, to measure with uh, these uh, instruments in space. We have a big instrument, we make sure that it's stable. So we can, at the beginning, we can certainly contribute to the validation, for example, of uh, GHGSAT data, but it goes in both ways. GHGSAT has this high spatial resolution. So then uh, when the, the data, uh, the data are already quite good. Very often, just you look at relative changes. We are maybe more interested in absolute values, but also here, you have a lot of possibilities to work together. So the validation goes in two ways. One from our established missions, but then also in the other way, because you have this high spatial resolution, as we have discussed before on pinpointing really this, uh, the uh, uh, spots where you have uh, emission and also then synergistic uh, usage uh, in, in applications in the future. For GHGSAT, you have launched uh, only one satellite so far. It has been a demonstration, has been working well, and we are already working together with you and only using a, a demonstration satellite. And you are working on a constellation. We are also working on a constellation on uh, greenhouse gases, which should start during 2025, 2026. So in the future, there will be much more possibilities for cooperation, especially also in developing applications for the user community. Well, it's, it's an exciting time, Klaus, and uh, it's a delight to spend this time with you, just uh, throwing a little more light on it. So thank you so much for your time from everyone at GHGSAT. Thank you. Bye-bye. This has been a GHGSAT QuickCast. We've many more stories to tell, so subscribe to us at ghgsat.com or where all fine podcasts are found. And big thanks to John Mitchell and Lonely Robot for the music.